Hey, thank you for tuning in the Inquisitive Minds podcast. I'm your host as usual, Johnny Smith. Today, uh, we have a return guest and a new guest, uh, paranormal investigator, author, uh, so much more, speaker, Ed <laughs> Kellerman, Hello. A- and uh, paranormal investigator, and I'm sure a plethora of so much more, Nancy Wilkins. All right, we got that right. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the program. So, uh, since the last time we saw you, uh, what have you been up to, Ed? I know you got a new book out. I'm going to put that up real quick. Uh, I'll share it on the Facebook page, too, but it's Haunted Objects of Pennsylvania. That's coming out in about two weeks. Yeah, it'll it'll be about just about two weeks. Then I'll probably have copies in my hand in maybe three weeks. Okay. Yeah, it'll it'll take a while. Uh, It's about, actually, the the title self-descriptive, Haunted (laughs) Objects. We got rocking chairs. Oh, uh, hobby can, horses. Can you give us a little sneak peek of something you, you investigated haunted? Uh, in that book? Yes. Well, um, one of our favorite places to go is uh, 1806 Antiques, located up in Jennerstown, PA, right on Route 30. And the, the, the one object that's in the book is, believe it or not, a, a toy gun. Okay. It's haunted. And we're doing an investigation there, and we're up on the... Uh, third floor attic and we have a tool called a k2 meter it detects emf electromechanical fields mm-hmm. it's um it works good when you're doing um, paranormal investigation because spirits are made of electromechanical energy that's what we are we're electrical that's what we are and so it'll pick up the, the electrical energy that tool's original job was to find wires in walls live wires in walls okay. but it works for this too so we're anyhow we're up here on the, the third floor and the K2 meter starts pinging. And it's going through yellow, orange, red, and it's up there. And there's a, an ironing board with all these tools sitting on it. So we couldn't figure out what was going on. There was nothing electrical at all about that. And these are all antique tools. So we start taking one item off at a time. And finally we got down to the little toy gun from the 1950s, a dart gun. Okay. And it pinged on it. Hmm. And we couldn't figure out what was the matter with that. And then my daughter, Kathy, she says, oh, I know. I said, well, you know what? She says, I think it's the kids from the second floor. The little boy wants that for a toy. Because <laughs> there's the spirits of two young children on the second floor. That, okay. Uh, uh, the little boy, we think, died of an accident or something in a house behind this building. And a little girl, we think, died of tuberculosis a long time ago, back around the turn of the, of the 20th century. And so anyhow, uh, she said, okay, give me. We took the toy down, and the owner, Fran, of 1806 Antiques, has a rapport with these two little ghostly children. And she has a little stash up there of toys for them to play with. And sometimes you'll be downstairs, and you'll hear, like, marbles rolling along the floor or or a little toy truck that was one spot. It's in a different spot now. Okay. Same thing with a doll. Just kids being kids except for ghosts. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so we get down there and you put the little toy dart gun in with their stash of toys. Next thing I know, Kathy is standing off one side and she's tears coming down her face. I says, what's the matter, hon? She says, he's hugging me around the legs, thanking me. Oh, man, that's got to be powerful. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's one of the stories in the book. Yeah. Wow. So, guys, make sure you check that out. Sounds from the story he just told. It sounds like it's going to be a great read. Very fascinating and interesting. Um, when you 
uh, did the preparation for this book, you investigated everything in person? Just about. Just about everything I could, I investigated in person. Um, there, I'm, I'm trying to think offhand. Uh, like uh, haunted rocking chairs, um, uh, back bars. A couple of back bars in bars are haunted. You sit there, you're sitting there having yourself a little, minding your own business, having mm-hmm. a shot in a beer, right? You look up in the mirror, and there's someone standing behind you looking over your shoulder. <laughs> you turn around, he's not there. Also, it's, uh, a couple bars out east, um, someone standing behind you, the only thing is they're wearing garb from like the 1820s. <laughs> mm. They're a little older. That's they crazy. cater to an older population, I guess. <laughs> now, uh, did, were you inspired by this um, from other things, or did you just come across some haunted? I guess the elephant in the room is there's the story of the Annabelle doll. Did that influence you at all uh, when looking for these things? No. No. <laughs> That's fair. No, it's um, as I'm doing investigations, I, I come across um, different classes of, of hauntings, like, uh, um, you know, some. You know, one of my uh, books is Haunted Route 30. That's mm-hmm. all the hauntings along Route 30. The, the books, they have a theme to them. And then you have the haunted churches and cemeteries, which is, you know, kind of self-explanatory. So while I'm going through researching these other books, I come across these other things. And they didn't really have um, a geographical theme to them. Mm-hmm. But they had a theme in that there were objects or certain kinds of objects that, that could be grouped together. Um, some of the favorite ones for the, uh, the spirits to mess with is uh, uh, pianos in various places. Uh, over at, uh, oh, what's the name of that college out east? Uh, Bryn, I think it's Bryn Mawr. Okay. No, no, Villanova. Villanova. They're close to each other. Same difference. <laughs> They're only a mile apart. But um, Villanova had a, a music area there where they had 11 separate pianos that would spontaneously start playing by themselves in different parts of the building. Hmm. And it was keeping security people on a run. <laughs> now, how does something get attached to an object? Well, it has to have a deep meaning and an attachment to someone while they're alive. Mm-hmm. Um, like me, you'd never see me attach myself to a piano. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't even play chopsticks. <laughs> All right, but, but someone who has studied piano, it was a large part of their life, and they have would develop an attachment to it for some reason or another. So there's a chance when I die, I could potentially haunt a microphone. You could. Yes, guys, you will you will kill the crowd with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy, we haven't had you on the program before. Can we uh, learn a little bit about you? When when did you get into the paranormal field? Oh, just recently. Okay. I've always been interested, and Ed and I've known each other for years and years and years. You know, when I came across his book. Okay. And I was just like, oh, I would constantly message him, oh, what about this? What about that? What's going on? You know, it was fascinating. And now that I'm into it, it's just, it's fun. The the deeper you get in, the deeper you, you got to reach further. It's, it's right. like, I'm, I'm very casual with it. Uh, I've done some amateur stuff, but every time I talk to someone like you, Ed, or another person that's had a crazy experience, it just, it makes my, my, uh. My mouth salivate yeah. is the way I'll put it. Now, do you, you guys go on a lot of investigations together? Well, uh, we've started going on all, all my investigations. Nancy has been accompanying me with lately. Okay. And um, I have to tell you one uh, interesting. Maybe I get Nancy to tell you about it. We were uh, 
two weeks ago at the Mansfield Reformatory, which is where they shot the Shawshank Redemption. And that's in Ohio? Right, yeah. Mansfield, okay. Ohio. Well, we wound up in the, uh, we found ourselves down in the solitary confinement cells, right next to one of the solitary confinement cells where a guy hung himself. Mm. And we had our little K2 meter with us. So I'll let Nancy take it over from here, and she can tell you what happened there. All right, so... We went into the cell. Of course, it's dark, you know. The the guide, we were on the tour, so the guide said, you know, go into these cells. There had been somebody, I believe, committed suicide one door away, one cell yep, away. one cell down. And we figured, why not pull out the K2 meter and see what we got? And we got good readings. Hmm. Very good. It just lit up all over the place. And we actually this conversed. Is pretty exciting. We actually conversed with the spirit using yeah. the K2 meter. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Asked questions. Can you explain how that works a little bit? Explain to him how, sure. how, how you work that, honey. Yes, my favorite. <laughs> I love it. Uh, when you turn on the K2 meter, it gives you a base reading, and it's green. Mm -hmm. And there it goes the whole way up to red. Uh, green, orange, yellow, and then red. Am mm -hmm. I right? Close, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So when you ask a question, the meter reads the answer, if, if the spirit's willing to give an answer, you know. Oh, so they, they like, give the, the field to you and raise up the meter for, okay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The way it works is that the, the spirit, we explain to the spirit, if they, at the closer they mm -hmm. come to the K2 meter, the higher the reading will be. So we tell them, you know, you know, if it's a yes answer, come close, and we'll get a high reading. If it's a no answer, just stay where you are. Right. What? And I also videotaped it. We haven't had the opportunity to sit down and listen to the the video, but, yeah, we're pretty excited about that. What did you guys ask? Did you find out anything about the yes, spirit? Yes, we did. Uh, we asked if, if uh, he died in there. I, He didn't die in there. He didn't commit suicide. He knew somebody that committed suicide, so... Yeah, that's very interesting. And, and we also asked him if he wanted to cross over, and he was right. he, he affirmative he wanted to cross over. Mm -hmm. But at that particular time, we weren't equipped to help him cross over, and we will be going back. Yeah, I'm very interested in how you uh, help someone cross over. Well, we'll let you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, you still it, it, it d you do. There are different ways. Yeah. Of doing oh, okay. It. it depends. Yeah, we think with this particular person, we're going to require the help of a psychic mm -hmm. to uh, to help him cross over. Um, so that we get absolute verification that it was successful and he did cross over. Uh, well, basically, to help someone cross over, you you tell him you know to go towards the light, and you know he know you know where the light is. And we open up a portal, and you go towards the light because that's where you belong. You don't belong mm -hmm. over here, and that they say they want to cross over, but the ability to cross over is within them. Mm. And you just have to uh, show them the, the way to do it. That's all. I have a odd question, and I don't know where you stand on this, so forgive my ignorance if it's way off. But has there been a situation where you or, or both of you have been investigating spirit and it turned out to be something more malicious than an actual spirit? I've been doing no. this for well over 20 years, okay? I have yet to encounter a demon. Okay. Okay. I've encountered a number of what I call recalcitrant spirits. They have less than beneficial aims for us. <laughs> okay. But hey, I've encountered a demon before. 
You my ex wife. I was, oh, say, I was just gonna ask you, did you get divorced? I mean <laughs> I, yeah. I know oh, the feeling. My. Yeah. <laughs> I I share your pain. Oh actually I share your joy. <laughs> my one buddy has a joke and he goes, uh, don't feel bad about my divorce. It wasn't like I left her because she was too good for my mental health. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um I lost track over that. I know. So do I. Oh, oh, you haven't you haven't encountered a demon, but no, you've we, encountered we, some. Uh, I, I think last time I was here, I told you there was like. Uh, you spirit, told me a story about a, a possession. Your buddy was like mildly possessed. I, mm. Maybe that wasn't you. That probably wasn't me. There was someone who told me a story. Ah, it was it was. Uh, Tom. Oh, do you remember his name? Tom Barker. Uh, Tom Barker okay. was telling me a story about how uh, he was in an investigation and his friend was getting possessed and like they did a little uh what's the word I'm looking for cleansing or whatever okay oh yeah yeah okay. with sage and, yeah, sage and, and ended up getting it out of him but it was like going back and forth for a while okay we, we, I'm sorry we, we do that frequently okay because uh, like I say we have these um, you know spirits are just people you know, the body dies and the spirit lives on. Mm -hmm. And if you were a nice guy when you were alive, you're going to be a nice guy after you're gone. If you were an average guy when you're alive, you'll be an average guy. But if you were an asshole when you were alive, you're still going. You're not going to change. Yeah. You're still going to be an asshole. And and so we we encounter negative spirits mm -hmm. frequently. Okay. Now the the problem I have with that is that negativity can attach to you. And you and you you'll bring it home with you, and you know. And Nancy will tell you from time to time, I've done an investigation, come home, and, and I'm like super negative. I got you know, I'm a real oh, pain in the butt terrible. to be around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, what we do, you know, we we um, we we say a prayer before, and it's just a simple prayer, you know, prayers that we learned when we were kids mm -hmm. to right. to protect us while we're there. And then when we're ready to leave. Uh, we also uh, sometimes, not always, okay, uh, depending on who who are working with as a psychic, okay, uh, the psychic can you know say a prayer and and be able to spot our aura to see if we need cleansing. Otherwise, if we don't have a good psychic with us, we will cleanse ourselves as we're leaving, so we don't take anything home with us. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a simple matter of using uh, white sage smoke on you to to cleanse you because for some well, reason the spirits don't like that. And they, they avoid it. I use a uh, selenite crystal. Okay. Or, I'm not sure what that is. I can show you. Okay. It's, we're, it, we're on I, radio. I love <laughs> <laughs> I can show you. No, we're on video, too. They'll oh, be on. okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a white... Uh, it's so calming. By the way, good time oh. to say check out our YouTube channel, guys. Uh, new videos posted weekly. All right. I didn't bring it. I brought a different one. I'm I'm very much into crystals and in positive energy, but it's just like a little white stick. Okay. Not a stick, but it's a crystal. Yeah, and I have a black onyx and one I that I use. Cleanse oh, myself. Okay. Um, when you say uh, the negativity attached to you, when like say you went home with a with a negative attachment, yeah. is it? Like the actual negativity, or does that uh, presence also come with it? No, the I, I would be I would welcome sometimes. I'd rather have the presence come along with me instead of the negativity because I can get rid of the presence real easy. Okay, right? and I can I can realize it's there and get rid of it. When mm -hmm. I, but when I am being negative, I don't know I'm being negative. I just think I'm being um, normal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
And but it's just like you get a negative attitude, negative reactions to things, and you be hypercritical of things and stuff like that. And uh, that's what we you know we, we try to get that away from us before we leave. I also have another question about this book. Uh, any of these haunted objects? Do, um, do you own any of them? Nope, not in that book. No. Okay. No. Oh, but you do have haunted artifacts. Yes. Okay. You, if you don't mind, well, what do you have? it's it's. I, I only have like one. <laughs> okay. And what it is is in uh, there's a art center in Johnstown called the Bottle Works, and my books are for sale over there. Well, I had two of my books there, and I can't remember the entire story, but uh, the spirit of an architect supposedly haunts that place, and for some reason, but my books got burned. Oh. And it's the only yeah. thing on the bookshelf that got burned was these two books next to him. I guess maybe you know, he's a critic. He didn't like the way I wrote them or something. <laughs> you know, he, he didn't He didn't care about, you know, the hauntings on Route 22. Or maybe I didn't include him and he got upset or something. Yeah. But uh, that was the only – just those two books are burned. I, I have them in my, in my office held together with plexiglass. Now. And I got them when they were fresh, you know, freshly burned. Mm -hmm. And if you smelled them, there is no char smell at all to it. Hmm. It's just um, the pages are burnt. That's it, and and it's not complete. It's it, it, the one edge and corner is burnt, mm -hmm. almost as though you took a big lighter to it and held the flame around oh, okay. it and burnt the edges of the pages and stuff. Right. Yeah. Huh. That's everyone's a critic, I guess. Yeah, that, that's exactly <laughs> what I like thought. Enough. So, yeah. Um, now, when you were on this uh, Mansfield um, tour and investigation, is that the only uh, spirit you picked up was in solitary? Um, Right, because I am not real sensitive to the spirits. I, I, I usually have to, I have to have a working with a psychic to locate the spirits. Right. And if I'm working with a psychic, sometimes the psychic's abilities will bleed over to me mm -hmm. in a minimal way, mm -hmm. in a minimal way. Um, Nancy, on the other hand, she's sensitive, but she's not really a psychic, but she's sensitive, and she can mm -hmm. she can feel these things. And you know, you're better off asking her more than so than me because we were all over that place. Yeah. I never went up and down so many steps in my life. That thing... <laughs> That range is five stories high. Um, Nancy, that's something I've spoken with a, quite a few people about, actually, mm -hmm. and a lot of people will tell me I'm sensitive. But I want uh, a more descriptive answer, if you could. Can you explain to us a little bit about it? Oh, sure. You just feel different energies. Like, you're, you're, like his mood, it'll alter a little bit, and you'll get a feeling of, you know, either happiness or kind of glum. In the in the uh, shower room where they did talks, <clears throat> excuse me, I could feel mm -hmm. a lot in there, and they did say it was the most haunted. I didn't know at the at that time. I but think the inmates in the shower room felt a lot too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh wow. <laughs> so when when you feel that, does like it get heavier? Like sometimes. What yeah. is the feeling like yeah. in your body? I guess. Mm, you just it does it it feels like a weight is on you okay but you know and i i use crystal a lot because you don't want anything negative to attach to you and you've you been know. using crystals for a while yeah okay. all, well, practically all my life can you uh go into a little bit about that too? that's another thing like i talked yeah. people were very casual with certain things <gasps> oh and, and you don't know and huh? you and i don't know like yeah. what it is and then i'll ask them and they'll just flutter but right they're usually just surface level. So your experience with crystals, how do they work? What do they do? 
it makes you feel better even if you don't believe in them you know that oh they have energy and things like that which they do mm-hmm. um i use them to protect me i use them to help other people i do reiki so that helps okay <laughs> okay yeah we had uh courtney tackett on here she's a okay. reiki, reiki practitioner uh, any nothing but positive comes from me you know I like so, it. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. like it. Yeah, um, I do too. <laughs> are, are there different crystals for different reasons? There are. I can't even get into it. There's so many different crystals. You know, the chakra crystals are for each chakra. You have a crown chakra, third eye, throat, heart, sacral, you know, and root chakra. Uh, you can hold the crystals to help heal yourself, and Reiki is kind like a almost like a meditation thing mm-hmm. you take universal energy it's free free to everybody <laughs> no bill included okay and you can heal yourself i do it every day which is a good practice and i send out positive energy to a lot of different people and healing energy a friend of mine is going through a very hard stage in his marriage and i've been trying to heal his heart that's fair yeah that's fair um you were telling me off air, though, you've been a busy guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes, yeah, so like I said, two weeks ago, we were at the um, Mansfield Reformatory. Not Mansfield. Like I said, we're at the Shawshank Redemption. I can't say that too good. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. I know. Anyhow, it's a little twist. Yeah. Where that was shot. And they have the, uh, some of the props for the movies and stuff. Oh, that's and, cool. And I oh, had never yeah. seen I had never seen the movie. Oh. So, so Nancy is showing me the one room says, Brooks was here, and <laughs> so was, what's your guy's name? Red. Yes, yeah, so was Red. And I said, <laughs> oh, that's cute. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't until like, I saw the movie that this is the room where the guy supposedly committed suicide. <laughs> right. In, now, they filmed it in the jail. Yeah. That's oh. not where it's supposed to be, but it was Yeah. The, the ho- it was actually the room that they used to film it. Yeah. Oh, that's it really cool. It was really yeah, they, neat. If you ever get a chance, go. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sure at some point I'll make my way out yeah, there. We were there, and we went up uh, up on the upper level of the, of the uh, penitentiary where all the... Um, uh, ventilation equipment and everything is. So they call it the attic, well, <gasps> obviously. Yes. They had 300 people up there. They had sort 300 prisoners, the overflow from using up there on cots. Right. And if you walk there, you take a flashlight, you walk along the walls, these prisoners had graffiti written on the walls. Yeah, guy's name and his prisoner number, and his, and his so-and-so date, 1938, 1928, oh, it's extremely Any, interesting. Anybody who's it been arrested... Me. Uh, especially in Allegheny County, when you uh-huh. go to jail, uh, the first couple days when you're in processing, that's all you can do is read the graffiti on the wall. Oh, really? Yeah. Tone Bone was here, 9-7, or yeah. you know, whatever it says. I wonder if they uh, whitewashed that out when they uh, went to the new prison, the new, the new jail. I don't know. I don't oh, know. I don't. I, I I've never been to the old one. It I was have, before my time. Yeah, yeah I was, when I was on police force, I used to take, take people down to the old one all the time. From what I understand, it was like on a carousel. Is that true? Um, no, it was the um, the design of the the jail was like I forget. There's a word for it, but what it means is the ranges of cells are in a, like a, a circular pattern. Okay. Where you can stand in the middle and look up at all of them. Okay. Oh, Not okay. all of them, but most of them. Okay. You know, yeah, like, I didn't know like that. Eastern state is. Uh, the spoked wheel pattern, and then Mansfield was the uh, the wings. Cool thing in Mansfield, they, they built the first part of that, the first wing, loaded up with prisoners, and they put the prisoners to work, built the next wing. 
Yep. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me, though. Nope. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at and all. They, oh, and they have an electric chair there, too. Oh, okay. Called, they call it Old Sparky, which is a pretty common name for an electric chair, I guess. Did they take you guys to that, too? And like, you well, well, we couldn't get up close to it. It's behind pl- uh, plexiglass. They don't want people messing with it. Mm-hmm. It's not. They never executed anybody at Mansfield. Mm. Okay. This electric chair is from the Columbus prison in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, 315 people died in that chair, and nine of them were women. Oh, really? Yeah. I uh, I always find it fascinating. I wonder what those women did because it's such a low number uh, yeah. in comparison. I, I, and it feels like women are judged less harshly, at least in previous mm-hmm. times. So to get a death sentence, yeah, mm-hmm. you had to really do some shit. Right. <laughs> you had to do something. Um. Where else you been? You said there was a convention on Saturday. Okay, this last Saturday we we were at a Bigfoot convention at the uh, it's a Fayette County Bigfoot convention at the Morrell Fire, Fire Hall in uh, I think it's here Dunbar or Dawson, right south of on 119 mm-hmm. south of uh, uh, Connellsville. And then uh, my mother's been in the hospital, or else I would have attended that one. Oh, okay. Because I went I went to that one I think a year ago. Yeah, it was very interesting. Oh, a year ago I talked there. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He does a good job when he talks. I was there. I saw uh, John Venture. Yeah, John John uh, was there. John Venture, yeah. You know my buddy, Fred Saluga. Oh, yeah. Fred. I love Fred. Oh, Fred is so cool. Uh, there was a couple other guys. Tony LeBourne, I think LeBourne. it is. LeBourne. Yeah, we're, me and him been talking uh, about getting – we just – haven't gotten able to get a uh, solid date in, but he'll be on here at some point. Oh, okay, point. great. Yeah, because oh, Tony had a, uh, a a podcast for a very long time. I don't know if he's still doing it. Yeah, that's what he was it telling was called me. called Legends and Lore of Pencil. I forget mm-hmm. what it was. So, something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah, no. So how was that convention? It was great. It was great. And with this COVID crap being, you know, eased up a little bit and everything, had a fairly good crowd. And there were a lot of vendors there. And we just had we had a good a really good day. We had a really good time there. I'm so excited. Plus it was air conditioned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to see a convention uh, with no restrictions. Right. Because right. I've only been able to go to them, ma- you know, mask yes. on, half yeah. capacity, so different. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And this this Tuesday I'm going to be at the Chestnut Ridge Historical Soci- Historic Society in Stallstown, Stallstown, down Stallstown, PA. Giving them, you know, I'll be flapping my jaws about. What's the, the topic of your speech down there? I'll, I'll be talking about paranormal, local hauntings, things like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then, then we're home for a day, <laughs> and actually not because we have doctor's appointments and things. But on Thursday we're leaving to go up to Marionville, PA, and we have the the Elk County Bigfoot Festival. It's going to run three days up in Elk County. I I don't want to miss say the name. But I had a guest on who did uh, wrote a book called The Elk County Murders. Oh, cool. And uh, I want to look him up and give him a shout-out real quick. Although now I feel like a dickhead for not knowing it <laughs> off the top <laughs> you, of my you can't head. Remember okay. I can't remember what I had for breakfast. What did I have for breakfast? Chicken. Chicken. Or oatmeal. Oatmeal, did that's you have it. Oatmeal? Oatmeal. James <laughs> T. Baumgratz. Oh, okay. He uh, he's the author mm-hmm. of uh, Elk County Murders, among other books. In that, but you get a chance to check that out. It's a very I, interesting. I will, read. I will. What a cool name for an author, too. Yeah, he's got some some other stuff coming out about different. It's like about mysterious murders and happenings. And mm. Oh, see, I love that. So it's like it's it's not paranormal, but it's right on the mm-hmm. edge. Right. You know, some wild and, stuff like that. And plus, this past weekend was the big uh, 
Paranormal Conference in Gettysburg. It was, oh. the, it was at the Eisenhower Center. I didn't get a chance to go because I was doing something else. I was supposed to go to Gettysburg uh, last year at some point. Didn't make it down there. Is there a lot of activity down there? I oh, imagine yeah. there would oh, be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gettysburg is considered the, like the most haunted city in, in the United States. Oh, really? Right. But for our purposes, the most haunted place we've ever been at is a railroad museum over in Strasburg. It's just super, super haunted over there. Yeah, l l lay it on me, Ed. Well, I think I mentioned before... We estimate at the this is a rough estimation between eight and ten thousand spirits. In that Holy place. shit! Okay. Eight and ten thousand. And that's, that's inside. Yeah. How big is this place? By it's the way, it's huge. They have uh, well, let's see, either either five or six railroad tracks through it. Okay. Okay. And there, each railroad track has maybe uh, ten or twelve pieces of equipment on it, and it's always oh, beautiful. It's air conditioned. They have a um, a, a mock up of a nineteen twelve railroad station there. And it's for the whole family. It's for the whole family. It is. And, but all these equipment, this is all historic equipment. There's cars going back to the early and mid-1800s all the way up through the, the you know, 1950s. Okay. And cars and locomotives and you name it, they have it there. Uh, matter of fact, we were called in to do the investigation there by the, the curator because I had written a book called The Haunted Railroads of Pennsylvania, strangely mm -hmm. enough, and I was over at their bookstore huckstering the book. Because that's you know, huckstering. I like that's that word. I like to get out there and you know, I, I need to make a few bucks here and there because other, otherwise they'll shut my electric off and I won't be able to work the computer <laughs> yeah. anymore. And there's no more books. Yeah, so, the lady at the uh, uh, Laura who runs the the gift shop, she you know she bought a few books and she said that the curator wants to speak to you. And I'm thinking, oh Christ, what did I do? You know, because I went, I went to a Catholic school. Whenever the principal wants to talk to you, it's never good. You know? So uh, I figured, okay, what did I do? You know? So I go back there, and the guy says, uh, we've been having some trouble lately with paranormal activity in the museum. Would you be interested in uh, doing an investigation here? And on the outside, I said, hmm, yeah, I think I could do that. On the inside, I'm going, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> We're junkies. Yeah. So, <laughs> Got any more of them spirits? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I asked them what, what, the, 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 what their problem was. They have a, an engine, a great big old steam engine, number 1187. It says people have been touring the museum, and then they come out to the ticket office on their way out, and they congratulate the people on the ticket office on the authenticity of the reenactors up on inside the museum and they said that that engineer and fireman on that number 1187 are so real and so authentic they even have soot on their faces oh man and there's no reenactors in the museum yeah <laughs> now with eight to ten thousand uh estimated spirits yeah how did they all get there by train <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> hey, you laid yourself open for that one. That was a great. That was a great answer. <laughs> no, what it is is, uh, these are all residual hauntings. You know, there's two kind of hauntings: active and residual. Mm -hmm. And a residual haunting is what most people say when they experience when they see a ghost or what they think is a ghost. Mm -hmm. It's not an actual haunting. Okay, it's an imprint on the environment. The environment remembers certain things. Uh, and it's imprinted on it. And so like so, a timestamp. Yes. And it's when you're seeing it, it's like you're looking at a hologram or a loop. You cannot interact with those spirits because mm -hmm. they're not really there. Okay. You'll, they'll be walking back and forth and everything else. But, you know, they, they have 
they're, they're just a picture, like, a, like watching a movie or a video or something. And that's what we say. Like, when we walked into the museum uh, while I was with Kat, she stopped dead in her tracks, and she says, Oh, my God, look at all the people. And I don't see anybody, right? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, okay, sweetie, what do you see? She starts describing these people. Now, she is a product of the Pennsylvania public school system. So, obviously, she had no history or, you know, or anything like that. Okay, so she's describing uniforms that these soldiers are wearing from the different wars. And she's she hitting them dead on, accurate descriptions uh, of, you know, like she's describing the doughboys. And she, oh, yeah, they got that hat on her head, like Smokey the Bear, you know, <laughs> this kind of stuff. And then she's describing a woman. She was describing one woman. One woman was wearing a bustle, and she was laughing. Kathy was just laughing. She said, I wonder how she sits down. <laughs> What's a bustle? Is that that wooden skirt? You know, it's skirt? that thing, thing on the back that makes your butt look big, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she was laughing at that. That's <laughs> all. Yeah, and uh, that, you know, <laughs> like that. And so that's what we mean when we say like that eight to ten thousand. Okay, we, you can they can experience all the, all these people if, if you're sensitive. So um, for someone like uh, your daughter, that's got to be like overstimulation yes, walking in there. Yes, 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 and she can only be in there for like twenty minutes to a half an hour. That was my next question: Was there any like struggles? Was she like oh, too much? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Kathy can only handle overstimulation for a certain period of time before she has like a meltdown. Oops. So she was good for like twenty minutes or half an hour, and then, then she starts getting, <laughs> she starts getting arguments with the spirits, and that's, that to me is so funny. Mm -hmm. Like that, I want to have her in here at some point just to discuss our arguments well, with spirits. Oh, I would like to have her here today, but she got this this horrible condition right now. It's called employment. Okay. Oh. <laughs> she, she, she wanted, she's one of the, the unfortunate ones that couldn't get that extra money a week. So she actually had to go out there and work for her money, and that's what she's doing today. Well, I hope uh, I hope her ailment clears up as oh, yeah. fast as possible. <laughs> no, that that to me is just a great concept. Just arguing with the spirit because I wonder, what the hell are you arguing about? They're already dead. Well, yeah. um, the one was a, an engineer on a train. Okay, did I mention this to you before? The the old Tahoe 20 train? You mentioned some of the train stuff, yeah. but I don't know if you mentioned this specifically. Mm. Yeah, it was, um, I don't think so. We had done investing. We've been back to that museum like seven times already. And and if he did, and you guys listened to it and already heard it, fucking listen again. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, we had... Uh, you, can, you can criticize the show, uh, listeners, when you buy a goddamn shirt. <laughs> buy some merch. <laughs> um, go ahead, Ed. <laughs> but... Uh, my main psychic, Miss um, 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 Lagorda, <laughs> Beverly. Beverly. My main psychic, Beverly, and I had done an investigation a week or two before at the museum, and we encountered the spirit of a conduct a uh, engineer on a one train called a Tahoe Twenty. Mm -hmm. This is a, this one of those old Wild Western trains you see. You got the weird looking smokestack that goes up, and it's all kinds of brass work and everything on it. And it was used on the Comstock load out, out west to haul silver ore. Well, around 1910, it was converted to run on oil instead of, it was originally ran on wood. It was converted to run on oil and it was brought back east and they put it to work in a quarry in Pennsylvania. At some point there, this particular engineer was operating the train. Well, his spirit's still operating the train and he thinks he's still making runs. Mm. 
and he likes ladies. Okay, like when, when Bev was up there, he was flirting with her. Another, another time as she was up there, she sat on the little jump seat that he used uh, to operate, and he smacked her in the butt to get her off his jump seat. Oh. Oh, yeah. So I... Let me... Let me yeah. When I went up on the train so that he could take a picture, I, I was standing there looking out the window, and I thought, I hope nobody smacks me in the butt. And I didn't even know that he did that to Beverly. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. See, mine's all internal. Yeah. Okay. So about two weeks later, um, I have Cat, Kathy, at, at the museum. So I told her, I said, go on up here in that train. Oh, by the way, uh, Beverly had found out that his name was Ralph. Ralph. Okay. Ralph. And another psychic in between time stopped by the museum and told the crew, hey, you know you got an engineer on that train. And he said, yeah, we, we do. He said, you know his name is Ralph? Yeah. <laughs> so that was verification for us. Yeah. So I put Cat up there. I said, go up there and see what you can find out up there. And uh, we, want, we really want to know the, the names of the, the people on the train, if there's any spirits up there, what their names are. Mm-hmm. So she's up there, and I hear her talking, blah, 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 and I'm not paying. And then and I hear her say, Ralph, uh, would like to know the name of your helper. And naturally, I don't hear anything. Time goes by. And I said, Ralph, would like to know the name of your helper. A little bit more time goes by and says, it would only be common decency to answer a question when you're asked a question. Yeah. <laughs> so I can see Kathy is starting to get a little upset now. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, I hear this profane explosion coming out of the, the cab of the train. I don't care about your MF and train. All you want to do is tell me about your train. I don't care about your train. I told you before I'd like to know the name of your helper, and you won't tell me the name of your helper, so as far as I'm going, you can go do something to yourself. <laughs> and that's, that's the point where I said, okay, hon, it's, it's time for you to come down out of the train. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, she gets into arguments. Um, with the residual hauntings, like the ones that are imprint or time right. stamps, is there anything you can do for, for that or no. for those? No. You no, just... they're, they're, it's, it's just there. They're, they're, not, they're not spirits that need crossed over or anything else like that. They're, it's, it's, you're just seeing the image of the people when they were alive. And uh, that's not that you're seeing an image. You're not seeing a ghost. I'm going to be honest with you, Ed. Um, when you're here, I get completely overstimulated. Like my <laughs> oh, mind geez, is just. Sorry about that. <laughs> it, yeah. It's the shirt. Hey, no. Oh. oh yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> no, I made him wear it. <laughs> I just get so overwhelmed in my head with questions. What do you want to tell the people about this stuff? Uh, I, I we do this, okay. It's, it's very entertaining, okay? We enjoy it. But also, the main reason we're, we, we, we do these investigations and everything is to help people, okay? Mm-hmm. People who are alive and people who are dead, right. okay? Because some of these spirits are stuck on this side. They don't know why they're on this side. And with some conversation with them, we can help them out in some way. And also, we have people who say... Their houses are haunted by spirits that are causing them problems. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we try to help those people, too. And sometimes we have to explain to someone, your house is 130 years old. Mm-hmm. He was here first. <laughs> yeah. you know, you I mean, moved, that's very fair. You moved into his house. He didn't come into your house. You know? And just because you bought the house off of somebody, you know, this guy owned it before. Right. You know? And so, yep, we, we try to help the people who feel that they're being haunted and we also try to help the people that we call haunts. Right. And uh, 
Otherwise, you know, I don't do it for what I call shits and giggles. I no. just don't do it that. No. I, I have my fill of those kind of people. They're, they're the people that are, they're, you know, the Ghostbuster mentality right. and this kind oh, okay. of stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, we don't do that. No. Well, I know the paranormal field is very vast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's half my Facebook uh, oh. timeline is just paranormal people. And I see a oh, lot wow. of a lot of infighting. Oh, yeah. Um, when... You describe like the Ghostbusters. Are there actually people that claim or think they can capture? Or? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, that's I guess that's why we call it, you know paranormal because <laughs> it's not normal. And I think I'll, <laughs> most of us who are in the field maybe we're not too normal either. What I have a short we can be weird together. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. can all be weird together. Weird party. Right. <laughs> what I have a short fuse with is people who think they have found the answer. Mm. Okay, there is no there answer. Is mm-hmm. There is, we have our methods of working. It works for us. Mm-hmm. It works for us. Other groups may have their method of working that works for them. But just because it works for them doesn't mean they have found the answer. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, there are some groups that are very technical heavy. Mm-hmm. They got all the little doodads, the uh, little laser thingamajiggers. And, Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, that's this Teddy Ruxpin doll that your spirit can talk <laughs> through. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. And little trigger items here and there and, and, and like that. Hey, if you're a paranormal investigator in the field and uh, you disagree with Ed and want to come on my show and talk about why, I'd love to have you. Sure enough. Sure and enough. And, uh, you know, I respect other people's investigative methods. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. Because, um, we we did an investigation, not an investigation, we were observers in an investigation. It was done by a group that I used to have lots of respect for, okay? And in my estimation, everything they did that night was 100% opposite and wrong from what I would do. Well, that had to be painful to watch. But you know what? They got results. <laughs> they got results. I mean... It's not what I would do. I'm, I am I, I am very um, solicitous of the feelings of the spirits. These people weren't. Right. They were confrontational, and uh, they just you know they were overwhelming. We were we were dealing with the spirit of a young woman who had been murdered, and they were like really pushing on her too much. She left. What she did? She the hell was she left? Mm-hmm. Good uh, on her. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but but they, they they did get results. So. I, I say that's not the way I would do it, I, but it worked for them. That's fair. Yeah. I, I, uh, I always try and ask, uh, especially when like I haven't spoken with them before, what their methods are, because I know everyone's method's different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm doing a lot of name dropping this episode. Oh, okay. I had Justin okay. Brown on, okay. who's a paranormal investigator, and he uses a lot of like uh, gadgets and right. what have you. Yeah. But his reasoning behind it was phenomenal. He was like, we're trying to explain every, like, completely logical, oh, we can prove the sound was messed up because of this and blah, exactly. blah, blah. They're so, disproving. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. They're u- right. using a lot of the tools to debunk what they're finding. Right. Uh, we do the same thing. Uh, we recently had a case, and you were, Nancy, remember that uh, last case we did? Mm-hmm. The lady uh, claimed that uh, she had a poltergeist in her house. Mm-hmm. And right. we... They're rare. They're rare. Okay. Poltergeist is is that the manifestation of negative energy? Like we 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 create it. It it can be, but it's also considered a minor demon where they knock stuff off of shelves and throw stuff okay. around and stuff like that. Right. A little pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
And the lady said that the the activity would peak whenever her 16-year-old daughter was getting into trouble at school or having arguments and stuff like that. Well, as soon as I mentioned that to uh, uh, Beverly, our, our psychic, Beverly, means well, it's PK, it's uh, uh, psychokinesis, that it's originating with the daughter. Okay, so and she's like manifesting and creating shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she doesn't know she's doing it. Okay. No. And we went up there and we, we did the investigation. Now, I'm... I wound up, well, I was like, what, that day, 13 hours at the computer staring at videos on a screen. And so I got this stuff, and I says, oh, yeah, look here, we got here. Man, even, even while we're saying our, our prep work here, I got orbs are going doing this and doing that. And I see a light flash over here, and it's raising up, and it's doing this. <laughs> and I, I said, look at this orb over my mouth. And I go upstairs, like 15 minutes later, upstairs, look, I see I see a, a visage, a visage. It's an image of a uh, an apparition with two red glowing eyes. I'm saying, wow, this place is something else. My God. So I get that all done. And I'm taking notes. And I'm t I type up the notes. And I bring my son up, who's also an investigation, investigator. And, and, uh, and, and Nancy. Brendan looks over my shoulder and he says, hmm, lens flare, light refraction, and, re and reflection. Doorknob. And that uh, that thing you saw upstairs with the glowing eyes, it's a doorknob. Doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's good. That, yeah. You know, you in gotta order, have more than one yeah. set of in eyes. In order to find honestly. what's true, you gotta find yeah. out what's not yeah. true. So what I had done for like a, a, a 30 <laughs> some minute video, I was just being uh, victimized by pareidolia nonstop. Yeah. Nonstop, oh, yeah. both <laughs> auditory, visual, every way you could. And that's why you don't take one person's word for it. And when we, right. we do these videos, you know, there's at least three of us go through them. And, and, we, and our main thing is to debunk what we have. On that, yeah. on that same investigation, we got a really good KT reading, and we did get orbs. Yes. Okay. Now, I'm not trying to cause any infighting. Uh-oh. But I'm curious because the people that are like the, uh, for lack of a better term, Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. right. um, that claim to be able to catch or apprehend do they offer any proof of that? Do they say, here, we caught something here? No. No. They just talk. <laughs> okay. No. Now, not to be confused with a group called the Ghostbusters. From, okay. the, from the movie Ghostbusters, yeah. these people will show up at various conferences and things like that, and they got the little ambulance that is a duplicate of the one in the movie. They even get the siren. The I've seen them siren. come to Steel City uh, right. Con. Yeah. These people Stay are – they. These people are fundraisers. They, okay. They right. are doing this so they can raise money for charity. They're not right. actually out there doing ghost busting. Well, yeah. shout, out, shout out to them then, the yeah. ghost busters yeah. that are doing yes. the charitable work and not the uh, people I'm maybe slandering. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So what's next for you then, It. Oh, let's see. I got uh, the, the conference coming up, this book coming out. Uh, I have another book in the uh, – Middle stages of uh, it'll be our most what I what I would consider our most interesting cases in from our files. Our our group's called PIP, Pennsylvania okay. Investigators of Paranormal Phenomenon, and uh, so a book on that. Plus, there's a a spirit of a young lady who was murdered in uh, 1863, a young black girl, mm. and we've been working with that spirit now for two years. Oh, really? Yes, Where, where's that at? That's uh, up near Harmony, PA. Okay. Okay, and uh, not just me. I mean, I've been working on it, and uh, a couple of psychics been working on it, um, and 
doing remote work all the way from other states and everything with the, with the young lady. And it, it, we're gradually getting more information as time goes by. And this young lady, her name is Amelia, she came to the woman who owns the house next to where she was murdered, okay? And, sp and that woman is a, a witch and a... Uh, um, has a, a supply store, and hey, you know the coolest people, man. Right. <laughs> right. And she's also she's also psychic, and so is her husband is also psychic. And it turns out now we're finding out her thirteen year old daughter is psychic yes. as well. But anyhow, this entity came to her and specifically asked for me by name to write her story. Really? Yes. yes. The, okay. Now we're yeah. now we're cooking. Yeah. That's <laughs> wild. So I've been researching like crazy for the last two years. And we finally found out the reason, the motive behind her being murdered. We we originally thought that uh, it was because she was suspected of practicing voodoo, although she did practice voodoo, okay? But what it was is she was the caretaker for a, uh, a farmer up there who owned hundreds of acres. Mm -hmm. And she was the caretaker for that uh, farmer's wife. And the farmer's wife was expecting and she, the woman died in childbirth, mm. and they blamed Amelia for it, and uh, they hung her from an oak tree. That's unfortunate. Yeah. However, do you know what this means? What? You are known on the other side. <laughs> yes. Well, that way I'll have friends when I, get, when I go. When I, yeah. when, right? When I go over here, maybe I'll, I'll know some people over there. Maybe. I hope, I hope I run to Matt Anthony Wayne. That's my man. Uh, who's who, who, um, let's go oh you want to go over this <laughs> this, this will take five or ten minutes that's fine that's <laughs> okay <laughs> okay matt anthony wayne should really be called pissed off anthony wayne but he's called matt anthony wayne he was a revolutionary war general okay before that he was a businessman when uh united states declared independence from britain and decided to go to war over it he said well a chance for me to mix it up with some Brits. He raised his own. He raised his own regiment. Okay. Okay. Which is what people what money did back in those days. And one of the rumors is he got the name Mad Anthony because he would take his troops into impossible situations and they would fight their way out and win. Mm. Okay. But that's not the real reason. The real reason is he had a fellow working for him. And the guy's name, his nickname was his name was Jimmy. J-E-M-M-Y, not Jimmy. Okay. okay. And they called him sometimes Jimmy, sometimes Jimmy, okay, because he was Matt Anthony's spy. And Matt Anthony would send him out to spy British troop uh, strengths and locations and stuff. So when Jimmy would come back and make his report, and Jimmy would, like, disappear for a while. <laughs> uh, and then he'd show up maybe a month later and, you know, do some more work. Well, one time, Jimmy's out there in the vicinity of Philadelphia somewhere and raising a little bit of hell, and he gets arrested for drunken disorderly conduct. So he demands, he says, I am a personal friend of General Anthony Wayne. I demand you send a messenger to him, and he will send word back that I have to be released because I'm a personal friend of his, and I'm, I am necessary to the operation of his regiment. Okay. So they actually did. They sent the messenger. The man Anthony sends a messenger back. He says, not only do I not know this fellow, but I recommend you give him an extra 29 lashes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so Jimmy says, mad, that's what he is, mad Anthony Wayne. And the nickname stuck. Okay. It's that simple. <laughs> okay. But anyhow, he was a Revolutionary War hero. He was um, 
he threw great drinking parties for his troops. They loved him. They would go anywhere he wanted them to. Uh, they got one situation one time, and they fought their way out. And so on the way back, a little place outside of Philadelphia, on the Philadelphia main line, was a bar. So they just descended on the bar. And they partied nonstop, 24 hours a day for a solid week Whew. on his nickel. He paid. Oh, so he was really wealthy. Yes. And, and so the owner of the bar liked it so much, he renamed the bar, called it the Anthony Wayne Inn. And it kept that name from Revolutionary War all, all, all the way up until the time it closed about a dozen years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it, it was like super haunted, too. But, uh, guy used to sit there at the, at the Anthony Wayne Inn, sit at the one table, and he would eat roasted rabbit, okay, with Edgar Allan Poe. Oh. Yeah. He Okay. Yeah. He used to frequent that place. <laughs> He'd be writing poetry at a, at a window there, and he used to like to eat roasted rabbit. Well, yeah. he's, he's never had a good taco. Yeah. Ro- roasted <laughs> rabbit right. Roasted rabbit is survival food. That's well, what yes. we're eating if things are going really bad. Well, right. you can say it Thank tastes you. like chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like That's everything fair. else. Yeah, like squirrel, just yeah. stringy chicken. Uh-oh. So anyhow, they go through the war, and Matt Anthony Wayne goes to Georgia. So he's down in Georgia. He gets elected to the United States Senate from Georgia. Then they had some kind of little problems with the hanging chads or something, okay? Uh, there was a difficulty about the legality of all of his um, votes. Oh, you don't say. Yeah, so he resigned from the Senate and came back to Pennsylvania. Well, you know how Pennsylvania is. They immediately elected him to the legislature because that's the kind of guy they want. <laughs> that's fair. And he was there for a while, and he, he retired. Okay. okay. So it gets to be right now, 1794 now. Uh, oh, by the way, when he was he was actually born on New Year's Day, too. Okay. So he all gets to be right in 1794, and uh, George Washington calls him up and uh, call, probably call him on a cell phone. You know, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, 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 mad, <laughs> mad. Uh, Need you, dude. Uh, <laughs> right. So he called him back up. He said, yeah, I, 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 I just imagine George Washington I saying, I need you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll call him up and says, you know, we're having some troubles in Northwest Territories. So I want you back in the Army and you take care of this for us. And But when they said Northwest Territories, what they were talking about was Erie and, and, oh, and Ohio. Okay. That was the Northwest Territories. And okay. it wasn't, wasn't Oregon and Washington yet. That's immediately what I thought of. Yeah, exactly. that's, everybody thinks that. So he went back into the Army, rounded up some guys, and he went out there, and he took care of the Indian problems they had out there, or Native American problems, to be politically correct. Actually, the Native Americans had problems with us. Yeah, but that's, at, that time, yeah. at that time, though, my ancestors were over in Romania, you know, drinking vodka, and over in Ireland drinking good whiskey. Yeah, I'm sure my ancestors are somewhere being fat pieces of shit somewhere. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so while he's doing this, he contracts gout. Mm. Okay. Now, this guy's had a, uh, a tumultuous life so far. So he comes back to Fort Prescott in Erie. He died of complications of gout. Mm-hmm. He was 54 years old. Mm. Okay. So he was pretty well liked. They buried him at the base of the flagpole. Oh. Yep. Now, he's got a daughter, Margareta, and a son, Isaac, back in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So Margareta starts a campaign on Isaac. It's not right that dad is buried out there with all them heathens. He deserves a proper <laughs> burial back here in Philadelphia. He needs to be buried with the Presbyterian Cemetery here in Philadelphia, as befits a man of his stature, blah, 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 blah. She goes on for 10 years. Said his daughter's name was Karen? 
<laughs> no, Margretta. Oh, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> so it just goes on for 10 years. Isaac was able to put up with it. Finally, Isaac broke down. He says, <laughs> he says, he said, okay, damn it, Margretta, I'll go get dad. So Isaac gets a thing called a trap. And a trap is like a sports car for horses. A little two-wheeled cart with a, you know, you sit up here on the a, on a front and it had a, uh, like a strong box on the back. And he's heading to Erie. He was over almost 350 miles. So he they, he bops up to Erie, comes up there and says, I, I come here for my dad. Now, who's your dad? Hey, Anthony Wayne. Okay. So they dig up dear old dad at the base of the flagpole. And because of soil conditions or something, dad hadn't rotted. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was expecting a mess. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he probably wasn't in the best condition, but, you know, well, he's dead for one thing. But he hadn't rotted. <laughs> so the doctor, and his name's in my book. I forget the doctor's name. It's the guy who declared him dead with the gout. And he says to Isaac, says, no problem, Isaac. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll cut him up, and we'll boil the meat off the bones, and you can take the bones back to Philadelphia. The hell is wrong with yeah. this doctor? <laughs> so Isaac says, okay, but I don't want to be here for it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So Isaac goes into town and, uh, you know, I guess has himself a couple of ales or whatever. How can you think at a time like that? Yeah. And so they boil all, all the meat off the bones. Oh, my God. I can't believe they actually did it. This yes. is yeah. wild. So then what they do, they take the cauldron they used and some of the dissecting tools they used. And uh, I guess the big spoons they used to stir the, the, oh, okay. the pot and everything. <laughs> And they uh. they dump all the, the sinews and the fat and the gravy and everything back into the hole, <laughs> and they put the coffin lid and, and the cauldron and the tools. Okay. And then they put a coffin lid, a big metal coffin lid, back over top of it. Okay. And they give the bones to Isaac. So Isaac loads the bones in that box in the back of that trap back to Philly. Right. Well, he gets the gun right around uh, was it Lewiston, uh, Route Route three twenty two. Right along there, and the hasp on the box works loose. So <laughs> dad's bones start bouncing out of the box, and <laughs> Isaac doesn't notice this. And he comes along at night for his stage stop at night and looks, oh, damn, the lid's loose. <laughs> he opens it up, and so about you know, 40 to 50% of dad is now scattered along Route 322. Oh, my. <laughs> Not near Lewiston. He gets the rest of them down to Philadelphia. <clears throat> Excuse me. He gets the rest of them down to Philadelphia, and they give him a proper Presbyterian burial, right? So time goes by. Here's 100 random bones. Make sure this gets a proper burial. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So time goes by, and they built a guardhouse over the spot where the flagpole was. Okay. And, of course, now Dad's sinews and fat and everything's there, and, and they— uh, Little time goes by, and the guardhouse burnt down. So what did they do? They built another guardhouse right over top of it. Never more time goes by, the guardhouse burnt down. Mm, he's not having it. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> so they graded the whole property out there where the guardhouse was and turned it into a parade ground. Hmm. And then promptly forgot where the guardhouse was. Oh. So now Matt Anthony's got his juice out there somewhere, somewhere in that field over there, right? Yeah. 1884 rolls around. This guy says, oh, I, I'll do something about this. Some guy, historian, had found out about this. So this guy gets out there. I don't know if he's on hands and knees or what, but he got all over that parade ground until he found the remnants of, like, burnt posts. 
outlining the guardhouse. Yeah. And so he dug down there, and he found the cauldron and the the tools and stuff. Of course, I guess all all the rest of the stuff melted like into the ground. And so they <laughs> they took the cauldron out, and he always he also found the coffin lid was there. Okay. Okay. So what do you think they did? Did they rebury it? No, they built a guardhouse over it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this goes on, and so eventually they still have the guardhouses there with the coffin lid, but the cauldron and the tools, they somehow the Erie Historical Society got a hold of it. That sort of like brings us up to now. Okay, now, Matt Anthony, which I call now, he's pissed off Anthony because, you know, this guy, he's buried all over the place. Yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> On his birthday... January first, people have said. Not, I'm not. I'm not saying this is true or not. That could be folklore. Could be actual true. But there's a stretch of Route 322 in coming into Lewistown, okay, where on January first he is seen galloping along that road on his war horse in full Revolutionary War uniform, looking for his bones. Okay. Now. In Philadelphia, at the site of his grave, his apparition has appeared from time to time. Okay, and I don't think if he's—I don't think he's selling, singing like you know, I ain't got nobody. <laughs> but, but he's there with like half half of them. You know, he's like half a man. You know, and then you go all the way back to Phil to Erie. Okay, and there's no activity around where his body was buried. But the Historic Society has the cauldron, and the cauldron at night, not just you know, almost all year round, is put away in a closet, and it, you'll hear the tools rattling and shaking inside oh, the cauldron. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's my man, Anthony Wayne, buried in three different places, you know, all over the place. He had a wild life, and it, I just love the guy. I love him. Yeah. That's <laughs> such a fascinating story. I tell you what, I want to thank you both uh, for coming on so much. Guys, make sure you check out Ed Kellerman. Uh, look, his books, buy a book, his talks, come to a convention, look him up on yeah. Facebook, Google him on YouTube. Absolutely. Anything else you want? You yeah, want you can check me out on my website, www.ekelemen. That's at com. Yeah, guys, check that out. Uh, Nancy, thank you so much for thank coming you. on. Uh, my pleasure. Check her out, guys, too. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, check her out. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great episode. Uh, we will see you next time. Uh, for all of us here at Inquisitive Minds, peace and love.